0: Cool, so my name is Anton Gerber. Um, I am also a member of the Wider Fields Committee um, with Ashley. And yeah, it's my pleasure, Nikki, if you're ready, come stand here beside me. <laughs> uh, it's my pleasure to introduce you to uh, Nikki Downing. She's the CEO of Guideline BizTech. Now, Nikki has more than 20 years. Uh, experience in the design, architecture, and successful deployment of GRC, so that stands for Governance, Risk, and Compliance Solutions, both on premise and in the cloud, which is quite an interesting um, aspect. Niki has lectured on computer-based risk, uh, governance, and compliance management systems and their benefits for a variety of tertiary education institutions. She's been a guest speaker at various conferences. Nikki regularly presents to corporate boards and business management teams on the subject of integrated risk management, corporate governance, and international uh, standards. And her topic will be shaping the enterprise risk management strategy in the age of the fourth industrial revolution. Nikki, we look forward to it. Thank you very much.
1: Click it. okay. Hi, good afternoon. Um, I can uh, only hope that I can give you some food for thought after that wonderful lunch. It really was fantastic. Um, okay, so we're going to talk about a subject for me that is actually very, very near and dear. There's some phenomenal things happening in the space of governance, risk and compliance. I think the, the nature of of what one can really do to offer a return of investment for for organizations is certainly coming into its own, but there's absolutely no doubt there are some incredible challenges that organizations are are, are certainly facing. So yes, we're going to definitely look at aspects of governance, risk and compliance. It's not just all about the risk. It's not actually about only an enterprise risk management component, that is only one aspect these three um, uh, aspects of getting the governance right, understanding the nature of compliance and practicing or implementing an effective strategy for risk is critically important that it needs to really be understood well. And what I'm hoping to do during the course of the next 20 minutes is offer a a view, a vision, a potential approach that can be uh, considered for for a way forward within this particular space because there's absolutely no doubt that um, there, there have been some errors in the past. There have been certainly some failures, there continues to be failures in, uh, in the nature of the issues that we are, are, are seeing in, uh, in the data breaches and some of the events that Yaka talked about just, uh, just before lunch. Um, how does this actually tie into the, um, the nature? of the industry the age that we find ourselves into today and then defining a strategy and what that might look like so if we look just a a brief history, there's absolutely no doubt. There have been some significant events, events that really put governance risk and compliance on the map. I'm not going to go through these in detail. Um, uh, There there are many, many more, much more recent ones as was talked about, FedEx, British Airways. I mean, the the nature of, of the issues, the EOHS and so forth that we have seen in recent times is quite significant. And the major, takeaway here is that there's not like there isn't an, an enormous investment going into this space. But what I can certainly tell you from my perspective, from colleagues that I work with, certainly sentiments that are coming out of thought leaders in the governance risk and compliance space is the risk register is on its way out. It is not doing what we needed to do. Governance risk and compliance is not a checkbox exercise. All right, so how do we actually get it right? Well, one thing is for sure that the landscape of governance risk and compliance certainly hasn't gotten easier. In fact, it is evolving in complexity to a terrifying degree. In the words of Charles Dickens that I quite like, we're living in the best of ages. We're living in the best of times. We're living in the worst of times. There is so much that is at our fingertips today, particularly individuals such as in your space. There is so much to be gotten out of data. The missing ingredient is how effectively to interpret that information with the right subject matter experts, and we'll get that into that a little bit later. So yeah, there's a hell of a lot to deal with, I mean, who would have thought that we would be talking about concepts of tech bondage in the year 2020, up and coming just a few months away. For heaven's sakes, didn't we leave that in the dark ages? This is a hell of a thing that organizations are grappling with. And the legislation, the regulations are only becoming more furious, more stringent, more... more, more uh, trapping as far, far as an organization is concerned. And this needs to be understood. It can't just be held at, um, uh, within the IT par- departments for, for cybersecurity specialists or information security specialists. The, the, the risk manager of today, tomorrow, has a hell of a job, but so does the CEO, so does the COO, so does the C, um, CFO, and so forth. These C-level Executives really need to up the game. They need to understand the nature and the context that they are doing business today. Okay, so for most C-level individuals, it tends to look more like this. For a lot of CROs, heads of internal audit, heads of compliance, it tends to look a lot more like this. It's challenging. To, to say the least. All right, so fourth industrial revolution. It's a nice term, it's been branded about. Lots of conversations as to what is this age that we're actually in? Just a little look of uh, one, two, three. Um, so there's been quite a lot of technological innovation since 1970s that we started seeing the uh, early IBM computers Uh, servers that fill the size of this room to microchips that fit in the end of your finger or smaller. So there's no doubt we are living in an age of innovative disruption, an age of certainly what can be determined as the fourth industrial revolution, it's an interconnectedness of everything. For heaven's sakes I mean there there is technology that's so advanced these days that I can call up my house and I can close the curtains I can switch on the oven I can bluetooth toast into my my toaster just about Yeah it's a, it's a hell of a world We kind of get this concept that it's it's still something that we see in the movies it's sci-fi it's not We are living in an incredible time where artificial intelligence is really taking shape in in amazing projects that are being worked on in various organisations across the globe to, to solve business challenges. In that there are other risks that are looming around your general scope of your skill sets those common laborist type of activities, tasks performed, are being usurped by bots and smart machine learning capabilities so that we can do it quicker, we can do it smarter, we can do it more effectively. So where is this all effectively going? Well, if we talk about a um, a definition for... um, governance risk and compliance strategy because to get anything done right, we have to first and foremost talk about a strategy. How do we get it um, into the right framework, the right shape to make the whole process at operational levels go in the direction that we want it to go and start seeing the return of investment and stop looking, as I said, at a risk register at executive and board levels. It's too static. It's too dead in the nature of the information that people that are making decisions need to interpret the information being fed to them to start to make the right informed decisions. So let's talk about first and foremost what would be the valuable output rather of a governance risk and compliance strategy. If I can ask quickly, I know questions are at the end, what would you guys, anybody, what would be the valuable output of a governance, risk and compliance strategy in any organization today? Anyone? A thought? Manage compliance, put good ethical practices in, responsible accountability, understand where our challenges are. These could be all some of the aspects align and uh, uh, create an enhanced ability, perhaps, to meet our strategy, to determine more effectively goals and objectives and know we're going in the right direction. All of these could be component parts. But in a single word, one might sum it up into trust. Effective and ethical, responsible leadership. Governance. Understanding where the obstacles are to meet our stated objectives for stakeholders, internal, external, understanding what our compliance obligations are, it all speaks back to a firm belief in the reliability, truth, or ability of someone or something. I got on a plane this morning from Port Elizabeth. a Couple of weeks back. As we heard about earlier before lunch, British Airways was significantly attacked and suffered an unbelievable fine, rand terms, couple of billion rand. The plane was half empty. Mango was so packed, I think they oversubscribed themselves, so the impact is real in that trust factor. How many questions do we right now have? Stephen Colley I think is doing a phenomenal job. But how many questions in the mind of individuals out there does one have about EOH today that we didn't have a year ago? Trust. A governance risk and compliance strategy is about trust strategy, a plan of action designed to achieve a long-term overall aim that has to be underpinned by trust. I invest in companies on the stock market because I have a trust that the executives are accountable. They are responsible. They are going to do the things for which they have claimed they will produce. I must have confidence. It's about trust, so if we're building a strategy for an outcome of trust, we have to clearly and concisely understand the context of the organization, both internally and externally, all right? To be able to answer a question like this, a complete organizational contextual baseline assessment is conducted annually with regular review when any organizational change takes place. Now, generally, when I make that statement, certainly to a room full of CROs, I get quite wide eyes. In mid-size organization, I get blank stares, and what in the world are you talking about now? This woman's awful rocker. We can't do this. The amount of effort and work that might be involved in actually fulfilling that statement appears daunting, not necessarily to a room of individuals that I'm talking about now, because it is about data. We live in an age of information, we live in a world of data. Okay, so how do we get to the point that we can answer that question with a resounding, confident number three? All right, well, context of the organization. Simple little slide. How do you build a context of the organization? Who are we? What do we do? Where are we going? What do we want to achieve? What are our product offerings? Are they a good fit? What's the market and so forth? Okay, very hard to do in Excel spreadsheets and an ongoing manual basis. I put this body of data together, I submit it, it takes me six months to do, and it's out of date. That doesn't work. Okay, so we have to get much more efficient about interpreting and understanding the data that is building into our information universe, internally and externally. How do we start to put the wheels in motion that we can expedite more effectively and more efficiently the gathering and the understanding of the nature of the information that we need to go into a context of the organization study? Because it's number one step in building an effective governance risk and uh, compliance strategy that can be adopted at a strategic level and rolled out through operational activities, technologies, processes to be able to report back up. All right, so, in defining the, the nature of this entire universe of information, we obviously are gonna need some assistance in gathering that data effectively. A lot of, uh, uh, quite recently, I've been asked quite a lot, what, what are the skill set? that a risk manager of the today and into the tomorrow would, uh, would need. Um, well, I've, uh, I've had a lot of thought about this as I've worked with various individuals at C-level, um, uh, IT executives, various departmental line managers and so forth One thing that I can tell you is data science is is, is certainly an absolute key element. About a year and a half ago, I sat um, in a work study with a team from UNISA that were looking to adapt or modify um, into the next four or five years what the curriculum for the certificate of risk management program and various other risk management components or modules of courses that they offer, and one of the major aspects certainly came up um, as the ability to to, um, interpret information, analytical data, analytical skills, data science skills, um, individuals such as yourselves in the actual business, very, very good foundations for the risk manager, the chief risk officer of the future, but also your CEOs and your other C-level executives But the key element is actually about data evaluation. Now, that might seem to be a translated and well understood topic. topic. However, what I'm talking about in data evaluation is from an expert, experiential point of view to be able to know when I'm being bullshitted effectively. What's the forest for the trees? When am I given too much data to redirect my attention? When am I given too little? When am I given data that is skewed to a particular focus or viewpoint? These are the skill sets for the CRO and your C-level that should be being bred into the next five to 10 years so that we can effectively Work with data, and I just happen to like this slides a couple of years old, but this is an incredible representation of the nature of information that is just every second building and growing um, uh, out there digital universe uh, representation. This was just a, a great sort of image to sort of visualize the magnitude of data. That is growing in this digital footprint, this digital universe. Supposedly, everything ever said by everyone who is or has lived on the planet Earth would take up five gigabytes. Oh sorry, sorry, exabytes. Yes. Okay. So, so there's an estimation when this graphic was uh, was generated a couple of years back, was that by 2020, which is a couple of months away we'd be looking at 40,000 exabytes. Oh, that's a hell of a lot of data that one is having to, uh, to, to deal with. So there needs to be an ability to contextualize that information. So this little triangle offers a potential strategy or, uh, or an approach. The human subject layer. Those experts within the organization, it's not just your chief risk officer. It's not just the compliance officer, the head internal audit. It's not the risk champions only. It is those experts, that line manager that has done that job for the last 20, 30 years. His experience is absolutely worth gold. How do we capture that experience? Because when a subject matter expert that knows his environment, he knows his data inside and out, is presented with a scenario, there is the absolute wonderful hindsight of experience. Risk management is a hindsight science. If only we had known blah, 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 then we would have been able to prevent X, Y, Z. We react after the crisis after the event we don't tend as human beings to be proactive in nature we wait for the proverbial to hit the fan and then we start to figure out how to put the pieces back together so if one is looking at a data gathering set of layers your human expert subject matter layer is critical to be able to capture the way that those experts think based on the presentation of scenarios and be able to model that expertise, the, the, the decisions that where they would make in the given circumstances, the data input layer, to be able to offer. We've got tools and technologies in absolute abundance. One can roll out apps and allow Incident reporting, risk-related reporting, non-conformance-related reporting. People tend to back off and say, oh, no, 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 no. We can't put an app in the hands of every employee. Imagine the volume of data that we would have. We have to be stop being scared, certainly as risk managers, of a volume of data. We have to start welcoming data. The companies that we are working with that are putting device in the hands of every employee and i'm talking every employee it's down to security guards that are taking pictures of security breaches broken fences things that they think shouldn't be based on the fact that they walk that environment or that warehouse every single day they have a sense of that subject matter expertise that we're talking about. You start capturing that information and you start start putting some smart intelligence on top of the description of those events, which is part of what we're currently doing. I'm working in one of, for me, what is certainly the most exciting projects I've ever been involved in, in governance, risk and compliance, because the first time ever. We're using an artificial in, uh, uh, intelligence construct to virtualize a subject matter expert. Where subject matter expert, risk officer, security officer, CIO can read a natural language text description and immediately go, that's an issue, that's a non-conformance potential, it links to that category and this is the potential result. We're modeling to that degree so that I capture at that point that decision, that thought process of that SME and I feed it into the database that is building the construct of my emerging risks, the probabilities of the risks that will impact the organization in this and this and this way. The interconnectedness of everything. So, we hear a lot about edge computing, IoT, all of those monitoring components that have been discussed, as I believe with you already, that I'm sure you guys are all familiar with, if we have the data, and those subject matter experts are virtualized to understand their component of their data, to interpret it correctly, in seconds versus how slow, unfortunately, the human mind does work, with human brain works. We're starting to head in the right direction. And it is a composite structure to build into this very complicated or, or busy, should I rather say, um, image. I'm starting to lay the foundation of being able to meet that question, which is, do you perform a context of the organization, exercise on an ongoing basis that is relevant, that is close to real time as possible, and is your organization at operational and strategic levels consistently informed by the approach that you take? This is not future science. This is science today. This is capable. We are working on the programs, engaged with individuals that are already putting aspects of this into motion. So, with a model such as this, you are empowering your top-level strategic C-level individuals to direct, to instruct, to effectively advise, evaluate based on the speed with which the information is provided. The information is gathered at those multiple layers that we looked at in the earlier slide so that I have a aggregated or or, um, branched data gathering capability so I'm not reliant on just the individuals underneath me that are going to adjust the Excel uh, report so it doesn't look too bad when we submit it. We need to move away from that in order to be able to really empower a strategy for governance, risk, and compliance that can offer a return on investment. And there's absolutely no doubt that GRC has a critical place to play in the setting of strategy, the enabling of strategy, the meeting of objectives, and the optimizing an operational environment and process technology and um, uh, activity effectiveness okay so that then should empower you to be able to answer a statement like that resoundingly with a number three we are moving toward that condition for a number of large organizations, as well as micro, small organizations. We are adopting this absolute identical approach for organizations that are no more than 200 employees um, uh, strong, back into organizations that are 10,000 plus employees with um, sites across 200 countries around the world. It makes sense. You have to understand the context of your organization in order to make effective decisions. You've got to understand it in as close to real time as, uh, as possible. Okay, so thank you very much. I hope I gave you something to, to think about if there's any questions.
0: Who guys. any questions for Nikki?
1: Stand everyone to
0: silence. Uh, They actually, I should have explained to you beforehand, Nikki. Um, Yes. (laughs) There you go. He's an enlightened one. (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to preface this with the statement: Um, You said the risk register is on its way out. I'm in agreement with your view on that. How do I evangelize this gospel (laughs) to those who have come from? A from, nice, solid approach.
1: From, uh, from the risk register generation. Listen, I'm not going to lie to you, it's not an easy, uh, easy task. We, we have defined an approach. It's quite an effective approach. Um, we certainly get the kids who, who kick and scream and shout and what are you doing? But perseverance in the approach that we've taken, um, uh, we're definitely seeing a turnaround on a gradient basis in the mindset. Now, what we've done is we've developed a robust initial maturity assessment. That maturity assessment has been contributed into, in the development of it, by leading subject matter experts in various verticals across the, the governance risk and compliance landscape. The, the questionnaire is short, it's brief, it only takes a C-level, about an hour to complete. They can actually do it on a self-managed basis where we get that kickback. Um, we schedule one-on-one sessions and we just walk them through and, um, uh, and get that initial input. We're then able to aggregate that data. Um, there is a, like I said, we're doing this, this virtual subject matter um, uh, modeling expertise. So the AI gets on top of that, uh, that, that maturity assessment and it's giving an interpretation of the aspects that we're seeing because of the way that the questionnaire is constructed, we're able to, to pick up the bullshit. So where, where I'm answering here or I'm answering low there, we're, we're able to see the anomalies and give an informed report back. And I must admit, we initially thought that we were going to get much more kickback than we are doing. But the guys engage, they get informed, and they actually start to be introspectively interested in themselves. How does this actually apply? How can I change that? And we then move them into a questionnaire that starts to give them simple guidances to change the low maturity. We're we very much performance orientated generally, certainly in corporate, so you want to improve that score. and I want to see the red. I want to see the green. So how do I work forward? And then we help them roll out a plan. So, so it gives an overarching framework, but it is sleeps rolled up to change initially that mindset and the culture.
0: Cool. Thank you. Anyone else? Time for one more question. Cool. I think we're going to call it there. Nikki. thank you very much for for a spirited uh, discussion and conversation. I think you've given us two words that we'll remember for a long time. The one is trust, and I love the way you framed that. Um, I think we tend to forget that trust is the underpinning of society, trust is the underpinning of all commerce and the effect of commerce between companies and customers and companies. And the other word... That's the stuff that eats the fan. And I think we, um, we can all do to be reminded as actuaries not just to take everything that we hear, everything that we get told as gospel, as the truth. I think we often as actuaries so focused on telling other people what to do and convincing them of our arguments that sometimes we don't listen for what they're saying and what that betrays around how they're thinking, and how we can do things better. I think you've given us the perfect after lunch um, discussion and and topic. Thank you so much. I think we're all awake now. And um, yeah, I think you've given us a roadmap to how we can achieve these things. I've seen, obviously, given our business engagement, I've seen some of those things in action and it's phenomenal and I would encourage you guys to check it out. It's definitely blowing new energy into what on the face of it seems like quite a boring topic. Thank you very much once again. We can just give her a round of applause.